But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. Those are some of the most troubling, some of the most confusing words in all of sacred scripture. People read them and they respond with surprise and sometimes even with shock. They say, Lord Jesus, are you serious? What are you talking about? Are you saying that I should never defend myself in any situation? Are you saying that I'm supposed to go through this life like a doormat, allowing people to insult me and take advantage of me and walk all over me? Is that what you mean, Lord? Those are very good questions. I'm going to try to answer them today in this homily with the help of the great St. Thomas Aquinas, who is arguably the greatest theologian in the history of the Church. Aquinas makes reference to this very troublesome verse from Matthew 5 in his commentary on the Gospel of John, when he's discussing the appearance of Jesus before the high priest Annas. His story is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 18. Let me refresh your memory now by reading you that brief section of Scripture. This event, remember, happened on Holy Thursday night after the Last Supper. The passage reads, Annas the high priest questioned Jesus, first about his disciples, then about his teaching. Jesus answered by saying, I have spoken publicly to any who would listen. I always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews come together. There was nothing secret about anything I said. Why do you question me? Question those who heard me when I spoke. It should be obvious that they will know what I said. At this reply, one of the guards who was standing nearby gave Jesus a sharp blow on the face. Is that any way to answer the high priest? Jesus replied, If I said anything wrong, produce the evidence. But if I spoke the truth, why hit me? In this case, as St. Thomas Aquinas notes, our Lord defended himself. Physically speaking, he did not offer that guard his other cheek for him to slap. At other times during the Passion, however, Jesus did suffer in silence, without defending himself verbally, without defending himself in any other way. When, for example, the Roman soldiers struck him repeatedly on the head with a reed, Jesus said nothing. When the chief priests and elders made false charges against Jesus, attacking him verbally, our Lord made no answer, according to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. So it seems that sometimes Jesus did defend himself, and at other times he very quietly, very patiently endured physical and verbal abuse without defending himself in any way. And of course, in both cases, both when he defended himself and when he didn't, he harbored no hatred, he harbored no bitterness whatsoever toward his attackers. Aquinas makes the point that as disciples of Christ, we need to follow Jesus' example here, as we should in every situation of our life. Along with great theologians like St. Augustine, Aquinas says that if we want to know how to follow a particular command that's given to us in the Bible, like the command to turn the other cheek, we need to look at Jesus. We need to look at how Jesus followed that command in his own life and how the great saints of the church were faithful to it in theirs. So the very fact that Jesus sometimes defended himself means that this command to turn the other cheek 
doesn't apply literally to every situation and circumstance of life. Yet in every situation, we have to avoid hatred and vindictiveness, as Jesus avoided those things in his life. Here's how St. Thomas Aquinas put it. He said, sacred scripture should be understood according to the way Christ and other holy persons followed it. Now, Christ did not turn his other cheek here, that story from the Gospel of John I just read to you. And Paul did not do so either. Accordingly, we should not think that Christ has commanded us to actually turn our physical cheek to one who has struck the other. We should understand it to mean that we should be ready to do this if it turned out to be necessary to do so. That is, our attitude should be such that we would not be inwardly stirred up against the one striking us, but be ready or disposed to endure the same or even more. This is how our Lord observed it, for he offered his body to be killed. So our Lord's defense is useful for our instruction. On the personal level, this teaching of Thomas Aquinas brings to mind almost immediately the big gay marriage controversy that took place in our state and in our town several years ago when our state legislature was debating the bill that eventually, unfortunately, legalized the practice here in Rhode Island. I'm sure many of you remember it. As you will recall, at the time I was falsely accused in the press and in the media of lobbying from the pulpit in violation of the church's tax-exempt tax status. That's a direct quote from the Westerly Sun. All this because I urged my parishioners to exercise their constitutional right of free speech by letting Senator Dennis Algier know where they stood on the issue. Now, I didn't even tell people what side of the issue they should take, although obviously I thought that most would voice their support for traditional marriage. Hopefully most of you still would. But for doing this, I was attacked in the Westerly Sun, in the Providence Journal by columnist Bob Kerr, on the Buddy Cianci show, and probably in a number of living rooms and bar rooms in southern New England. But with the exception of a few things that I said about the issue from this pulpit, I remained relatively silent about the situation, until the Westerly Sun needlessly resurrected the whole controversy in late June of that year. At that point, I decided that the Lord wanted me to be silent no more and to, as the old saying goes, set the record straight. So I wrote a letter to the Son, as some of you will remember, about what I actually did say when I urged my parishioners to contact the Senator. The Son's writers had gotten the details almost completely wrong in their initial reporting. I accused them of yellow journalism and of trying to undermine my credibility as a religious leader in this community. I suppose nowadays I would have accused them of publishing fake news. <laughs> and what was their response? Well, as some of you will remember, they actually gave my letter special status by making it the guest editorial on the day it was published. Go figure. I believe there was a time to be silent in this situation and bear the slap on the cheek for the sake of Christ and his gospel, but I also believe there was a time for me to speak out and defend not only myself, but also the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to some extent, many of you. Because those of you who made the calls to Senator Algier 
were implicated in all of this yourselves, at least indirectly. Now, in both cases, both when I was silent and when I spoke out, I tried to act, as Thomas Aquinas would say, without being inwardly stirred against the one striking me. That means I had to pray. I had to pray for the grace to love my enemies. Because, as is the case with most people, my first inclination is not to love my enemies. I'm being totally honest about that. Now, please don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm not saying I always do this perfectly in my life. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was always silent when he should have been silent, and he was always vocal and defended himself when he should have defended himself. That's because Jesus was and is God. But I'm not God, and neither are you. We can easily get it wrong. And sometimes we do. We have to be humble enough to admit that. Sometimes we speak when we should be silent, and we're silent when we should speak. This is yet another reason why we need to pray every day, especially when we're faced with one of these situations. And our prayer needs to go like this. Dear Lord, help me to know. Help me to know your perfect and holy will. Help me to recognize those moments when you want me to defend myself, those moments when we, you want me to endure the slap on the cheek for your sake. My emotions are always going to tell me to retaliate when I'm offended in some way. But you call me to live by, my, by faith, not by my feelings. Enable me to know your will in this situation I'm presently facing. But regardless of whether you're calling me to defend myself right now or to be silent, help me to do it all with love in my heart kind of love you always had in your heart, even for your enemies. Amen.